Hello, welcome to the podcast of Odessa First Assembly. I'm Todd Starnes and have the privilege to be the lead pastor. Thank you for joining us for this series, God With Us. Let's jump right in to this week's message. This is how the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her is conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus." For he will save his people from their sins. Excuse me. All of this occurred to fulfill the message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Jesus named him I mean, sorry, Joseph named him Jesus. Jesus didn't name him. Well, Jesus kind of did name him Jesus, but Joseph named him Jesus. But let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We just ask that our hearts be good soil, Lord, ready to receive your word. I pray that, Lord, your word, it is, it is alive and it's active, Lord. And let us know that since that experience that today, we pray in the name of Jesus, amen. I, is there, are there any planners, like any really good organized planners in the house, anybody? Is there, is there any, just, don't be nervous to raise your hand. I'm, Angelica is, right? Is, yeah. No. <laughs> I know Charmin is. Yeah. Anybody else? Who else? Lisa? Lisa is. Um, nobody in my family except Shaylee. None of us except Shaylee. I, let me tell you, I, it's, it, it gets hard sometimes, and, uh, but uh, we are not great at the, at the planning. It, my parents are planners, and I mean, they're like six-month plan. I mean, they, like one and, they have everything lined up, and it's like, you know, I mean, they're both retired for a while now, and it's, it's like, you, I, do you really got a plan like that when you're retired? And I mean, they're still, I mean, my mom called me this week, and she's like, you know what you're doing for Christmas? Church. That's, that's what we're doing, I, you know. Well, we're trying to figure out, I, I, well, I, we're, we're going to be at church on Sunday. That's what I know we're doing. That's, that's how far we've planned. And so, but, you know, sometimes when plans don't work out, they, they upset the apple cart. They, they, they mess with uh, our minds, and uh, it stresses us out. And, you know, there's things in life that happen all the time that are just really unexpected. Maybe it was a shift and a change in a job. Maybe it's a medical battle that you didn't plan on. Maybe it's something that happened relationally. Maybe a job didn't turn out what it was supposed to be. Maybe it's just something you didn't plan. Something significant happened in your life. And sometimes those change of plans in our life, they, they blindside us. And when we're reading about this account in Matthew chapter 1, I can't but help think about Mary 
and maybe plans she had in life and, and Joseph as well. And it tells us this is how the Messiah was born. But in verse 18, it tells us that this is how the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was to be married to Joseph. She's engaged. She has plans. She's supposed to get married. But before that marriage could take place, she finds herself to be pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. I wonder how Mary must have felt that day. You know, there's all kinds of speculation how old Mary was and how old Joseph was. And I actually read some things this week that I actually never heard. But there's, there's some that believe that Joseph was probably 80, 90 years old. I do not believe that. I do not where they get that from. Uh, that is, is astounding to me. In all reality, I mean, Mary could have been anywhere 13 to 15 years old. And Joseph is probably 18, 19, 20 years old. And here they are. They're planning out their life. And, you know, I wonder how they meet. I don't know how Mary and Joseph met. But, you know, I started thinking if it was kind of in modern day, we could pretend that Mary's going to synagogue for a youth group. She's going to synagogue for a youth group. She's a teenage girl. And uh, there's this guy there, this charismatic guy that has plans to be a carpenter in life by the name of Joey. So Joey and, and Mary, they meet at youth group. Now, that's probably, you know, it was probably more of a arranged thing. But anyway, we're going we're gonna to pretend here. And so Mary and Joseph, they're in youth group, and Joey's charismatic. He's passionate. I mean, Mary's like, man, he, I see, he, he's, he's serving God. That should be number one, by the way, ladies. I'm, that's good preaching right now. And gentlemen... And so Joey, charismatic, passionate, and, and, and Joey, he has a part in the service, and he's reading from the book of Isaiah about the coming Messiah, and Mary and her friend are, you know, they're kind of giggling, looking on, and Instagramming, or being real, or whatever it is they do now. And so after he's through teaching, they're hanging out, they go to Dairy Queen, and, you know, they're sitting in separate booths. And she's like, you know, this guy's stable. He's got a job. He's making furniture. That last guy, all he did was sit around in his bedroom with headphones on playing Xbox. <laughs> Not attractive, guys. Just, just letting you know. Yeah, I'm talking to you four right there. <laughs> so they go out for coffee, spend hours talking. And he decides to ask her to marry him. And so here they are, both of them most likely teenagers. And then something unexpected happens. The angel of the Lord visits Mary and says, you're going to have a child. Now think about that for a moment. We're talking first century. I mean, it's a whole different culture in which we live now. So here's this 13, 14-year-old that, that is telling people, yeah, I'm pregnant with a savior of the world, but I'm still a virgin. I mean, any skeptics in the house? I mean, for real. And now Joseph has to process this. And he's like, this girl I'm, I'm about to marry. You're, okay, Mary, you, you do know that's not how the birds and the bees work, right? I mean, I, 
he's got to process this. I mean, that's why it talks about that he's going to put her, you know, break off that engagement quietly. I mean, he didn't want to bring more embarrassment than a 13-year-old saying she's pregnant by immaculate conception. And so here she is, and I, I'm sure she's like, but you, I had goals. There was things I wanted to accomplish in life. I, I'm supposed to be planning for a wedding, not decorating a nursery. But I'm going to tell you that sometimes, even though we may have well-planned plans, God interrupts. And we need to be open to that. We need to make room for that. Mary has to plan a wedding. And I, you know, guys, I, you know, I, I think I got, we, me and Angela, we had premarital counseling by a great counselor. And um, it was a whirlwind really quick because our engagement was so short. But we had premarital counseling. But I think some of the best advice was ever given to me by our wedding ceremony photographer. We had hired this guy, and so we're sitting down with a consultation with him, and we're just kind of talking, and, and uh, he did, then he kind of looks at me. He's like, Todd, I got, I got to tell you something, man. I'm like, okay, yeah, what? He's like, you got some ideas and stuff. He's like, but you haven't been planning your wedding since you were 13. He's like, you just came on the scene about this about uh, just a couple of months ago. He's like, but Angela's been thinking and dreaming about this day for a, a lot of her life. She's got to, so you know, let her make the plans and you be the prop. <laughs> Best wedding advice I ever got. Best wedding advice I ever got. But here's Mary. I mean, think about it. So she's thinking about bridesmaids and groomsmen and the colors. And I mean, it's supposed to be her day. But then one day Mary goes by herself and has a special encounter with God. And in that moment, her whole life changes. Joseph, I mean, it's not just God changing her life, but changing Joseph's life. And so then she has to go tell Joseph. Um, Joseph, listen, an angel came to me, and I'm going to have a baby. It's an immaculate conception. I mean, I can imagine the whirlwind maybe that Joseph was going through. Maybe he's devastated. Maybe he's crushed. Maybe he's humiliated. Maybe he's brokenhearted. Maybe he's thinking about the deposit he's going to lose. I don't know what he's thinking. (laughs) But worse than public humiliation is the fact that he loved her, he trusted her, he told her things that he never told her before, and he's making this decision that he's going to break off the marriage. And then I read Luke chapter 1 and verse 38. Luke chapter 1 and verse 38, it tells us something specific about Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant. May it, so this is, she's had this encounter with the Lord. May everything you have said about me come true. And so there's this encounter she's having with the angel of getting this message from the Lord. And there was no, wait a minute, God. Are you sure you got the right girl, God? Are you sh- is this just the pizza I ate last night? 
No, she was at a place that she was ready to receive what the Lord was speaking to her. And because she was ready to receive it, there was something significant that was going to happen to change all of history. She said, may it be done unto me according to your word. I love the, uh, uh, it's a different translation than LT, but uh, may it be done to me according to your word. I mean, when's the last time that your heart and place, your soul, was before the Lord that you were absolutely ready to receive anything that he had for you, no matter what it was, no matter what your plans were, no matter what your goals in life were. You see, number one is this, let your answer be yes before God asks the question. And that's where Mary was living. Her answer was yes before. It is, I mean, her heart was surrendered to the Lord long before she ever had that encounter with the angel. Come on, somebody. There is a difference between really just, you know, <clears throat> trying to live the Christian lifestyle, however you see fit, than living in a place completely surrendered to the Lord that no matter what and when and how he speaks to you, you're like, yes, Lord, let your word be done unto me. I mean, there's one side that, yeah, maybe she can see it as life's over. She's pregnant without a husband. She's going to be divorced, single mom. And that culture, man, that was just like, that, that was slam after slam after slam. She's going to be begging the rest of her life trying to raise a kid. I mean, the rumors, can you imagine the rumors? But God had a plan. And when God speaks to you, yes, there are times where you have to count the cost. See, a lot of us, we're like, yes, God, whatever you want to do in my life, whatever, whatever as long as it lines up with what I want, that's not surrender. Lord, I'm all, I'm all in, God, but here's my goals. You know, Luke 14, 28, not really a Christmassy kind of verse, but it says, don't begin until you count the cost. Luke 14, 28. Whenever you're going to start out with anything, don't you got to calculate the cost so you don't run out of money before you build it. And this is where they are right now. They're, they're making plans, and they plan for none of this. So number two is this, you don't have to understand the plan, trust that God has a purpose. You don't have to understand, and that's so hard for some of us. You don't have to understand the plan, but trust that God has a purpose. That is trust in the Lord. And I, I'm not say, listen, I'm not saying be like the Starnes family, this, you know, <laughs> this spontaneous, you you, you have to make plans. I, I'm not saying don't make a plan. I'm just saying when God interrupts that plan, don't get hurt. Don't get offended. Don't get frustrated. Don't get stressed out. Let God direct your heart. The Bible says in Galatians 5.25, if you're going to Walk in the Spirit, then keep in step with the Spirit. The only way that kind of lifestyle happens is being completely surrendered to the Lord. And when He speaks to your heart, you're just like, you're not questioning, you're not, you're not trying to process everything. You're just, yes, Lord, according to your word, let it be done. You don't have to understand the plan, 
Trust that God has a purpose. Proverbs 19.21, you can make plans, but the Lord's purposes will prevail. You can make plans, but the Lord's purposes prevail. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep in perfect peace. Everybody say peace. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Psalm 9, chapter 9, verse 10. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. Three things you've got to remember about trust. Three things about trust to remember. I just want to do this very quickly. You have to trust that God loves you. And I think even though that maybe some of us have been saved for a long, I mean, people all, it doesn't matter what point of spiritual maturity that people are, whether it's, it's right before they get saved or they get, they're young in the faith or they're, they're older in the faith, we struggle sometimes with, uh, with the view that God loves us, that he accepts you, that he, the thing is this, if the Bible says that God is love, then what that means is that God's love to you is not based on how much you do right or how much you do wrong because God is love. And it's because of his love that he sent his son to die for you, to die for us. While we were yet still sinners, he sent his son. Are you with me this morning? The second thing, you have to trust that God is not taken by surprise. I know things, I mean, you get news sometimes, and it's a shock. You get news sometimes, and I mean, it just messes up everything, every well-laid plan. But you need to know that nothing takes God by surprise. Our God is omnipotent. Do you know what that means? That he's all-powerful. Our God is omniscient. Do you know what that means? That means our God is all-knowing. That is our God. And yes, things happen that shake up our world, but God foresaw it, he knew it, and he's already got a plan in place. When Adam and Eve fell in the garden, when, you know, when, when, you know, when Eve, you know, women, I'll tell you what, it, it took two to tango, didn't it? But when Adam and Eve partook of that fruit and they rebelled against God, do you think God was like, I can't believe, now what am I going to do? God had a plan. God had a plan. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, it says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. I mean, Scripture's unlocking something for us that both Mary and Joseph were godly people. Joseph was a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break off the engagement quietly. Listen, when you live at a place when you live at a place that your yes is the answer before God asks the question, when you live at a place that your trust is in the Lord, I'm going to tell you what's something that's going to happen. God is going to do something significant on the inside of you. God is going to do something significant on the inside of you. And I, I, don't, I don't want to read into Scripture, but I think there's a principle that we can pull out, and it is this. 
is that we know where the Holy Spirit works in us. You know where the Holy Spirit works in us? He works in our spirit. You see, very simply, we are spirit, body, and soul. And he does this work on the inside of us. That's why I quote verses like Philippians 2.13. For it is God that works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It is that God sanctifies us thoroughly in our spirit, in our body, and our soul. And God begins that work inside of our spirit man. It's inside of our spirit, man, that two significant things happen. One is, that's where we bear the fruit of the spirit. Do you remember the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. And so it's from inside of our spirit, man, that it's birthed out of us. And there's also another promise in John chapter 7 and verse 37 and 38, that out of our inmost being shall flow rivers of living water. Do you know what our inmost being is? That is our spirit, man. And so the Holy Spirit does something on the inside of us. And I'm going to tell you, not everybody's going to understand that. Because the one person Mary should have been able to go to was who? It should have been Joseph. But Joseph's like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. I got to think. Whoa, 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 whoa. But there was somebody that was going through something very similar to what Mary was going through. Would anybody want to take a guess who that is? That was Elizabeth. That was her cousin. And so in her, matter of fact, Scripture talks about in her old age, there was a miracle conception that happened with Elizabeth. It wasn't, I mean, it was from the Lord, but it wasn't like an immaculate. I mean, it was Joseph and her husband were able to have a son by the name of John the Baptist in their old age. But now at this moment, Mary's with child, Elizabeth, they're both pregnant, and so she knew exactly where to go to because God was doing something similar in someone else that God was doing in her. Sometimes what God is working in you, you just can't tell everybody. You can't tell everybody. But I assure you there's somebody that God's doing the same thing in. Are you awake this morning? Is this? God wants to burst something on the inside of you. Thankfully, the angel of the Lord, he, we read in verse 20, I believe it is, and he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take, I mean, it took the Lord to intervene in Joseph for him to move on with the plans. But I'm going to tell you, God wants to start something in you. And the way that it's birthed on the inside of you is come to a place of surrender. That you make room for the Holy Spirit to do that work on the inside of you. If it's been a while since something fresh spiritually has happened with you, then you've got to surrender and say, you know what, I'm tired of my agenda, God. I'm tired of my opinions, God. I'm tired of doing this on my own, God. I'm tired of doing this on my own strength, God. I need you to do something on the inside of me. And I'm going to tell you, when God bursts that in you, you know what happens? Is it changes the world. That is, you are not insignificant. 
Do you realize that? The third thing is this. Sometimes God's greatest invitations feel like our worst interruptions. Sometimes our greatest invitations feel like our worst interruptions. You know, but looking back through our history, you know, it was uh, me and Angela actually, actually have pastored before. We, our first pastorate was in 2001. I was at the rap age of 27 at the time, thinking I knew a lot about everything and realizing I knew a lot about nothing. It was not a good experience for us, that first pastorate. As a matter of fact, we left there pretty discouraged, defeated, wounded. When I was carrying the last load out of that city, I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but I'm I'm, going to tell you, I I literally pulled over by the city limit sign and took off my shoes and started knocking the dust off. I did. And I, I, I said, I will never pastor again. I will never pastor again. And so life moves on and we became U.S. missionaries and we're working with Youth Alive. And I mean, I had, I had churches and pastors all the time trying to get me on, come on staff or come be their pastor. It was an easy no. It really was. I mean, one time I was, I was a little bit of an interim helping a church out and uh, uh, and then one Sunday, you know, I was just kind of oblivious, but we sit down to eat, and I realize, I'm like, this is the whole board eating with us. And it's like, I knew exactly what was coming, and they said, Pastor Todd, we, we want to make an invitation to come be our pastor. I mean, I didn't, it was like, I don't want, no. They're like, don't you want to pray about it? No. I, I'm, I'm pretty secure, it's a No. I had another pastor, a, a seasoned pastor. He wanted me to come be his associate, and I was there preaching a, a actual community thing. And he said, "Hey, why are you here? Come by my office." And so I went by there. He's like, "Man, he's like, I want you to come and be my associate, and I'm, I'll work myself out, and you become me the pastor." And I was like, "No." I, it, it, there was no desire whatsoever. And then we got this crazy idea. So we're living in Lubbock. And through a whole bunch of miraculous circumstances, a property was given to my father-in-law in Roaring Springs, and he wants to start a church. And I'm like, you know, and it's, things were happening in our life, and I was like, you know what, man, let's move out there and just help him out. You know, we can help him during the week. Angel got a job at the huge metropolis school of Patton Springs. I don't, I don't know if you, it's like 100 from K to 12, 100 students. It was big. Uh, there was two people on my street, and uh, I had about 600 acres for a backyard, and it was awesome for me. And so we worked with the church and did what we could. I was still traveling, and the longer we were there, I, just, I felt this little shift in my heart. I was like, God, I said, never. I said, never. And that, I mean, God just kept turning that work in my spirit. I was like, no, 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 no. And then something happened. A church here in Odessa came open. And I was like, okay, that's it. And so I called a presbyter and I said, Pastor Mike, I said, I, I think God's doing something in us and I'm interested in this church. And he said, okay. And so we start really praying about it. And I mean, we're praying, seeking God, and it's like 
I mean, we're hearing nothing. The heavens are brass. And so finally one day, I locked myself up in our little, our, 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 well, actually it's a huge, it's a 20,000 square foot building, but I locked myself in the sanctuary and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to twist God's arm. I'm like, okay, God, I need to know whether to stay with Youth Alive or if I'm going to go pastor this church in Odessa and you're going to tell me today. And I, I did. I prayed all, I prayed for about 12 hours that day locked in that sanctuary and I heard nothing. I got a couple of good naps, but I heard nothing. This was on a Monday. And finally, I was like, okay, I give up. And I, I get in my truck, and I'm sitting there, and the phone rings. And I look at it, and it says, Dalton Froman. So I said, hello. He said, hey. He said, I don't know if you heard yet, but I resigned Odessa First Assembly yesterday. I was like, What? He's like, yeah, and I'm telling the board that you should be the next pastor. I'm like, Dalton, it don't work that way. That's not how things work. And so that's a little bit of the long story of how God changed my heart and prepared my place here. Of something I said that I would never do. And these last nine years have been some of the greatest of my life. Sometimes... God's greatest invitations in our life, they seem like interruptions. They seem like interruptions. Matthew 1.20, and he considered this. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and spoke to him. And he says something very significant. Of course, you should call him Jesus. And he will save people from his sins. And he's pulling from an Old Testament scripture saying, You'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Listen, what God wants to do on the inside of you. Listen, is fruit visible? I'm not being rhetorical. Is fruit visible? Like you walk up to an orange tree, and if it's producing oranges, you don't have to, I wonder what kind of tree that is. Right? Right? You don't walk up to an apple tree and say, I wonder what kind of tree. It's an apple tree. I have a pecan tree in my backyard. In the last couple of years, I've had great pecans. I've, I mean, I have to walk out and say, I wonder what kind of tree that is. Actually, when it was there for a little while, I did wonder because it wasn't producing anything. And then it started producing pecans. And I was like, yes, I love pecans. And this year, a squirrel met his, de- his demise because he stole every single pecan off my tree. Me and squirrels, we don't like each other. But you know when something's producing the fruit, listen, you know exactly what it is. The fruit of the Spirit are to be visible from our lives. Out of your life, people should see love. Out of your life, people should see patience. I know, I I know, listen, don't pray for it. Out of your life, people see, see the fruit of self-control, long-suffering. Are streams visible? I mean, you walk up to a river, you know. I mean, in West Texas, I know sometimes we walk up to a river, we're like, wow, a river, that's what it looks like. But we still know what a river looks like, right? And where does that fruit 
and those streams and rivers come from. It comes from the inside of us. And it is meant to put a mark on those around you. Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus that will save his people from his sins. Listen, what God is trying to birth on the inside of you is meant to change the world around you. I said what God is trying to birth on the inside of you is meant to change the world around you. When that work that God is doing on the inside of you through the Holy Spirit, it's going to have impact around you. When something is outflowing from you, it's going to touch people's lives around you. Do you hear me this morning, church? I want to skip to, I can't remember where it is. I, I, oh, it's, it's Luke chapter 1. I, I want to end with this. I want to close with this. Luke chapter 1 and verse 38. I like Luke 1 and the story of the birth of Jesus, but it, we kind of see some of the same words and phrases, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, the most I will overshadow you, a baby will be born that is holy, you'll call him the Son of God, but the last sentence, Luke chapter 1, verse 38, for the word of God will never fail. The word of God will never fail. Whatever God is working on the inside of you, whatever he's stirring on the inside of you, he who began a work in you is able to complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me this morning? I mean, I don't know that you could ever, I don't, you couldn't make up the Christmas story. And man, even have time to go into all of the, all of the prophecies that went into, that are all through the Old Testament that, came to fruition through the birth of Jesus. Listen, if you're one of those who've had a change in plans, maybe right now things are difficult, maybe you're right in the moment of that shifting, I want you to know that God loves you, that you can trust him, that God is all-powerful to fulfill what he's spoken to you. God can bring it about. And yeah, sometimes we have to shift. Sometimes we have to change. Listen, I, you know, some of those, you know, kind of closer to me that, uh, you know, get the disciple talk to and have conversations with more often and just do all of that. I, you know, I, I can almost see him cringe before I say it, but there has to be a level of flexible excellence in us. Yes, we may have a plan a way we're going, a direction we're going, but we need to be open for God to do whatever it is he wants to do. We will be fulfilled following what God wants for us than following our own way. I want everyone in this room to close your eyes just for a moment. We're going to have baptisms in just a few moments. matter of fact, if you're a candidate this morning, you can move out and use the dressing rooms or bathrooms or prepare yourself and to get ready. To do that. But I just want everyone in this room to close your eyes just for a moment. And I, I think the main part of this, I, I mean, I just want to ask the Lord to, 
Maybe for some of us it is starting a new work. Maybe for some of us it's renewing a work and rekindling a work. But that we just take a few moments this morning to say, okay, God, I'm not going to run all of, all of the, the way I think things are supposed to work out, all the, all the plans, Lord, I, what I really need is for your purpose to prevail in me. And I'm willing to completely empty myself for you to fill me, to fill me with the work of your spirit and to do in me what needs to be done. Every single week for nine years, I've been, we've been praying that same prayer. And it's for this very reason that I want God to burst something in you new. I want God to burst something in you fresh. I want, I, want, I want dreams to come alive inside of you. I want you to know that what God has spoken to you, through you, and in you, that he will bring to fruition. But the one thing that we've got to do is say, here I am, God. Here I am, doing me whatever it is you want to do. I hope that this podcast was a blessing to you. Remember, if you want more information about us, go to odessafirst.com or any of the social media platforms. God bless you.